Hey everyone, welcome to the Going in Circles Big Monday Show. My name is Charles Simon. I am the host of the Going in Circles Podcast Network. With us momentarily will be my friend and co-host, the sniper, Mr. Barry Spears. We have uh, quite a bit to review from the past week of, of racing and some stuff to look forward to. Talk about uh, Saratoga's got a big weekend, big weekend. Uh, this coming weekend with the Whitney and the Test and uh, the Saratoga Derby and several other stakes. Really, uh, really fun, fun looking weekend at Saratoga. Hopefully the weather will hold off. We'll talk about that and uh, a whole lot more. Be back in just one minute with Mr. Spears. <laughs> Hello, uh, Carmelo Anthony's stunt double, Mr. Spears. What's up, man? You looking for a, a big contract tonight? Yes, yes, I am. Everyone else is getting one. Right, you know, just slide me over a million. We're good. I'm, I'm not going to complain. At this point, I'd settle for like two hundred bucks, bro. I'll take that too. I can't play. I'm on the, I'm on the disabled list, anyways. So, what they call it something different now? What are, the injured list? Physically able to perform the pup list. <sighs> yeah, I'm recovering, but my gout is still. Still in the uh, cherry juice, homie. I've been trying the cherries. It's making it better. That and the the uh, whatever old the doctor gave me. <laughs> that stuff. I don't think I've been to the doctor since I was born. <laughs> I try to avoid it, but it gets bad, man. Gout sucks. It really does. It hurts. And you know the the thing is that I don't get it very often. And most of the time when I do, it's just like, you know, pretty minor, but like people that have like rheumatoid, what a, how do you say rheumatoid arthritis? Or, yeah. Like, I don't know how they deal with it, man. Oof. Constant pain. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, uh, it isn't, it wasn't much fun, but, but I'm moving around a little bit. So I'm back. We are back. So, kind of a kind of a mixed bag of a weekend. Still, rain persists in Saratoga. Saturday was was beautiful. Um, yeah, what uh, Sunday was not beautiful. Started out that way, right, right, right. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a wet wind, uh, a wet summer in Saratoga. <laughs> I mean, it's it just that's what happens sometimes. They have these seasons and. There's a lot of moisture, but uh, humidity. Eh, nothing you can do about it. So, except eat chalk because that's all that happens. Yes, oh, yesterday was like brutal. Chalk players delight. Brutal. Yeah, it's unplayable. I, I keep saying that, but people don't believe me. When it rains up there, it's unplayable. Yeah, it it gets. You know, the all these main track only race, all the main track onlys. That's the funny. Someone was pointing out oh, the main track onlys aren't even winning the off the turf races. No. But, uh, you know, it's just part of the deal. And, you know, just do what we got to do. But, That's uh, why we got Delmar. Yeah, Delmar's kind of leaves a lot to be desired, too. What? Delmar sucks. 
I'm sorry. It doesn't. Racing out there stinks. It, not not now. Not not currently. Most of the time, yes. Right now, it's probably at its pinnacle. Yeah, it's, it's modern day pinnacle. Right. They ran a 40 claimer the other day, and they called it the Bing Crosby. Hey. <laughs> Boy, the sprinters really stink. I hate to be negative today, but it's the truth. I tell you what, I'm pretty sure the Breeders' Cup winner is in that race. The Breeders' what race? Came out of that race. Came out of what race? Ben Crosby, right? That was the one with the uh, Dr. Scheibel, right? Yeah. Not Dr. Scheibel. Are they letting him run back in the, the, the juvenile or something? I don't know. Are they? Well, they'd have to for him to win the Breeders' Cup race. Yeah, that's not who I was talking about. There's no horse that came out of that race that's going to win the Breeders' Cup, and I'll bet you any amount of money and any amount of odds. No chance. All right, we're going to have to talk about this, our terms and conditions. Because there was no good horses going in, and there's no good horses coming out. Oh, Dr. Seibel's actually a pretty decent horse. I mean, there's one. And it ain't CZ's nobody, rocket. But he's going to like him. There's no one in there that's going to qualify for the Breeders' Cup sprint. Come on, man. The first and third place orders are the only ones that'll even make it in. in the game. Exactly. So it was one of those two, and it wasn't the first place. Rocket isn't winning any big races. All right. Um, no words. I'm, I'm telling you, this is what August second. Yeah. We're gonna come back to the tape. I, I, I'll bet you there's a better chance that he doesn't make the race. That you know, that's possible. That's definitely possible. Yeah. But if he makes the race. Watch out. He might not even run again. Until you know, he was in the Breeders' <laughs> Cup last year, right? Yeah. Yep. When he, I absolutely... be- when he was in better form, right? I'm telling you, man. He got beat by a 23-year-old. <laughs> on, a, on, a, on a highway. Well, what do you think it's going to be this year at the Delmar? I don't know. It ain't going to be like it is this week. I just know what I saw. I'm going out on a limb. You haven't had any hallucinogens to this weekend, did you? <laughs> I mean, I know you were drinking some Amani Spot. What did they call that stuff? The Martini Rossi. Martini Rossi, yeah. I mean, you might have had a couple too many Martini Rossi's, bro. That was on Saturday night. Yeah. CZ Rocket's more likely to be running for 62.5 and, and, uh, right. on, the, uh, on the undercard. You'll see. And then you'll be like, damn, that dude was right. I'm not, I'm not sold on him at one, one iota. Who who would be the the one then? Virtually anyone else. Jackie's warrior. Jackie's warrior will be he'll be tough, but you know the one thing about Jackie's warrior is that he still has room to get better. You know yeah. that's the thing about the three year olds is that they they still have you know the, the the chance to improve to get better as they get older. I mean that's generally what happens if they don't come up with a physical issue of some sort. And, I mean, listen, Jackie's Warrior was basically in a match race the other day, uh, yesterday. It wasn't a good field outside of, you know, uh, drain the clock. The rest of them are, are you know, very forgettable. Um, but he, he, you know, and the track helped him. I mean, it didn't hurt him at all. But uh, he's just... Uh, He's a good horse. I mean, he runs as fast on the sheets now as the 
older horses do. So three months from now, theoretically, he should be even better. So, but you know, it's, it's three months. He may be, he may be a horse that gets overplayed because he might just be, um, you know, kind of the best of a bad lot in, in a way. And that nobody has, nobody's been in control of the sprint division in like two years. No. I mean, the last time someone was in control of the sprint division, it was an indicted guy, right? So, like, it's just been taking turns beating each other. It just, uh, I guess they've said maybe Dr. Scheibel's not going to run again till the Breeders' Cup? That, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, honestly, he won the race, but it, it, this, is, this is funny because we were talking about the other day. People, I think nothing in horse racing is um, misunderstood more than jockeys and rides. That's an understatement, actually. (laughs) I mean, often jockeys get credit for doing exactly what they were supposed to do, like without any, you know, everything kind of fell into place and they won. They didn't screw up. But they get called that that's a great ride sometimes. And then other times um, something will happen in a race and it won't have anything to do with the jockey uh, and they'll get blamed for it. And that'll <laughs> be called a bad ride. And, you know, the, the Bing Crosby, I think, is a perfect example of, of the Flavian Pratt rode fine. He, he did exactly what he was supposed to do. It was a race with a lot of pace in it, with not much uh, in the way of closers. And he rode the race just like you're supposed to. I mean, he sat, what, sixth, seventh um, behind a fast pace. He made a move going past the three A's and he got there. Right. So, OK, it, it was a good ride. No, no, nothing. You know, I'm not going to criticize it. It was it was fine. He won the race. I mean, actually, you look at the way the race set up and I know the track is kind of deep out there. It seems like they're just crawling home all the time. But um you would have thought if if you had drawn that race up right, and you would put those fractions up, and you'd stop the race at the quarter pole, because I bet on him, and I mean I didn't think I, I, honestly he was like three to one when I bet on him or five to two, and he seemed to be you know kind of holding there, and I was thinking well maybe you know, <laughs> someone else would get a little bit of money, but that was wishful thinking. He went he ticked down a little bit, but at the top of the stretch, I thought he was going to win by four. I said, no, he's going to have, you know, he's going to collar the uh, the speed. There was already a couple of the ones that were chased that were in retreat. And CZ's rocket was, was kind of having trouble getting in gear. So it looked like he was going to win the race, you know, by open lengths. And then he got to the eighth pole and he kind of, you know. I yeah, he kind of waited. Yeah, and he, and he grinded it out and, and he did win. I mean, it wasn't like he lost. He, he got the he got the horse to the wire in front. That's that's what he's paid to do, right? But there was a lot of criticism of 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 uh, what's his name? Fufu on CZ's rocket, right? But like what did he really do wrong? He was coming, he was cutting back from a mile um you know, you knew there was going to be a lot of speed in there, and he did. He drew the inside. I mean, 
I'm not sure what else he was supposed to have done. He he did everything he was supposed to do, other than win. <laughs> I mean, you know, people you know, always say, well, he should have you know, got him moving earlier and got him a year earlier. Well, the horses don't always do what you want them to do. I, I mean, I thought he rode fine. He got beat. I mean, the fact of the matter, if it was six and a half, he would have won. He'd have been in front. At least that's how it appeared. Um, and he got beat a, a bad head pop. Uh, per se, yeah. I really didn't think either rider rode great or terrible. I thought they rode like, you know, like you would have expected them to ride. And some somebody wins, somebody loses. And I just don't understand why sometimes people, like when, like when a horse stumbles at the start, they blame the jockey. You know, do you think they tripped them? Yeah, I saw I saw a lot of Mike Smith hate yesterday. For what race? For a lot of like, he wasn't on as time goes by though, was he? Yeah, he was. I think that's when I saw it right after that race. Let me go back and look. As Uh, time goes by, was horrible. Yeah, he didn't run. He was just no show. She did. She didn't run. Nothing. She just didn't. Didn't show up, like complete no show. Yeah, I mean they was... they were trying to make a big deal out of the start, but that wasn't anything. I've seen horses do way worse than that. Yeah, I mean she lost a little bit of position for sure, a little bit, but well, she could could have easily. It's not like she lost a little bit of position and got beat a length, I mean, she right? Got, she was she basically beat a pole easy. You know, she dares the devil ran well. I mean, she did what she was supposed to do. Um, Venetian Harbor ran off a little bit. I mean, she left the gate running. And, well, that's how, that's the horse's M.O. You know, you know, she's a sprinter, really, that stretches out. That That's really, to me, what she is, a sprinter that stretches out. I don't, I don't Um, and, and she's a good horse. I mean, obviously, she's a, got a lot of class. She's got a lot of speed. And, um, but ultimately, you know, you would say that she's really a sprinter that, that can stretch her speed some. And, and she just kind of went a little too fast on that racetrack. You know, if it was the old Del Mar, the old California <laughs> or Gulf speed tracks, that might have worked. Goldstream, she would have won. Right. But uh, the other two fillies in the race just weren't, you know, they just weren't even in the caliber of uh, of the top three. Well, the top two and then the Baffert horse who just didn't run a step. No, she dares the devil almost had to win the race. I mean, she sat second and. The other Philly got a little bit tired, and I mean, it was a nice win, but um, nothing crazy, nothing. No, again, she was ex- she she should have won the, uh, under those circumstances. I mean, if you tell me before the race that Baffert's horse isn't going to run at all, it's not not going to run, then you know you load up on she dares the devil, right? You're thinking, well, he doesn't have to worry about a horse coming, sitting in the pocket and, and beating her, right? But I mean, obviously, he didn't know that in that race, but had you said that before the race, it, it would have been probably, uh, you know, made her two to five. And I don't really know that any of these races tell us anything about anything. No, not really. I mean, we're, we're still kind of long ways away, right? Yeah. Four months, right? Or three. three months. Yeah, so almost thought, exactly. Uh, you had a great call on, on Saturday. With Lexingtonian, yeah, it made my weekend, bro. Yeah, it was. I, I kind of, I piggybacked onto him, and and I made, I, I did my typical, 
you know. Press press it. Doubles, great. pick threes, pick fours. Oh, great handicapping. And, and then, you know. <laughs> in the picks, I used the first four across the line in the Vanderbilt. <laughs> Except I didn't bet the exacta, and I didn't bet the trifecta, and I didn't bet the superfecta. <laughs> All of which paid, like, amazingly well. And, um, yeah, I, I kind of blew it there. But uh, I've been on Lexitonian since yeah. the, the church on downstakes. Yeah, I mean, it was such a brutal beat. I had the horses, he was longer that day. He was, yeah, was 54, I think 46 yep. to one that day. And I thought we won until the last literally the last jump. And Flagstaff just uh, put his nose right out there. I was like, where did this horse come from? Because they passed that horse at the top of the stretch. And I'll give, a, you know, we're talking about jockeys. I'll give Jose was kind of a lot of credit in that. He outsmarted everybody. He gunned him from the rail. Yeah. Knew he had to, he had to at least get him in contending position from there and not, you know, get stuck behind. And, um, you know, that, that made the difference for the horse. I mean, leaving strong and getting to the lead really mattered. I mean, it, it made the race for, for that horse. And, um, uh, you know, mischievous Alex, I, I don't know. You know, he seems like he seems like he's going the other way. Not ready for the big time. Well, you know what? It was a trainer change. And then he ran numbers that were so spectacularly, I mean, unbelievable compared to what he was running. Yeah, but that it, it was hard to believe that it, the horse the horses don't do that, okay? Most horses cycle. They run up, they run down, right? They don't run good races and all of a sudden run uh, minus fours on the sheets every race. <laughs> Usually they'll tail back down at some point, you know? Um, I mean, that, that's why you see some horses that... Uh, where the guys just don't run them very much. But, right. They're trying to wait out the bad yeah. <laughs> cycle. and, and Right. Have- they, try, they, they know they're going to cycle out bad. And, and, uh, but he ran so amazingly fast early in the year. And it's like he's just going the wrong way. And, and uh, It was amazingly perfect trips, too. True. Like, ridiculously perfect trips. But, so... Uh, you know, was I was I was always skeptical. I knew it was going to catch up to that horse, and I was, I was glad it happened on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, it's glad it's, it's, it's you know we're talking about. It was funny because before the race, his trainer was talking about you know the Breeders' Cup Mile. What? <laughs> yeah, or, or or mile races, not maybe the cigar. Maybe it was one turn races, but I think the Breeders' Cup Mile two turns at Delmar. Yes, but um, and I was thinking, you know, the Met Mile was not a good race. I mean, it was not a strong race. Uh, nobody I mean, ran. No, nobody. <laughs> nobody. Alexitonian was a no show. Like every horse that was in there, other Nick's than Go, didn't run well. Nope, nobody really ran well. Yeah, Silver S- Survivor, whatever. <laughs> Silver State, you know. Ran like well. yeah, yeah. Everybody's like okay, but um, yeah. I don't. I don't know. Sometimes. Sometimes I don't understand why people want to do different things. I mean, I get like why if you had done the same, you know, you'd won the same race 
three years running, you might want to try something new. But and that was always my 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 bitch with Zenyatta. I would love to see that horse do something different other than beating up the same old weak California turf semi turf fake <laughs> turf horses that she beat. Like I would have loved to have seen her on the grass. But they were so concerned with the undefeated streak that they just didn't want to, you know, blow it by trying something new. But I don't know, sometimes, I mean, I, like, look what Steve Asmussen did, and I'll give him a lot of credit. And I know he's about to break the record uh, for a number of wins, which is, you know, a remarkable achievement. And uh, if you consider his age, you consider uh, how strong his outfit still is, and you consider the fact that, that Steve is willing to win five claimers places. He doesn't care. With right. the horses, he owns himself. <laughs> you know, he, he's uh, obsessed with winning races. By the time he's done, um, if horse racing still exists in North America, the record is going to be so far out of reach that it'll be impossible for anyone to get you. I mean, he's got 9,000 wins. It's unreal. He's not, he's, he's like, you know, mid 50s. I think he's like 53 or 54. You know? I'm sure at some point he'll probably slow down a little bit, but it's crazy. But but when you look what he did with Jackie's Warrior, right? I mean, Jackie's Warrior was the best two-year-old going into the Breeders' Cup, and then he kind of got upset in the Breeders' Cup juvenile going two turns. Um, he brought him back. You know, still had him on the Derby Trail. We're going to take a shot. Kind of didn't know if the, the juvie was a fluke or what, and he runs him in Arkansas and had absolutely positively no excuse. Remember he went yep. to the lead and just, and just stopped. Yeah. He was finished before the second turn. And you know what to him and the ownership, they, they just said, you know what, this is a sprinter. This is a one turn horse. And, and this is what we're going to do. We're going to make him a one turn horse and he's going to be the best one turn horse out there. And, and, um, and that's kind of what they got. Wish they would have did that with practical joke. Just saying. Practical joke's a good sire now. Yes, very good. But I just felt that they missed a lot of opportunities by running that horse two turns too many times. Yeah, you and know what? He ran he didn't really run all that bad. Um I think it was the Haskell, he finished third. Um, but he was just so much better. Just a totally beast, just an absolute beast. Running one turn. The problem, you know what the problem is, though. The problem is uh, there's just so much money at two turns. True. Yeah. And there just isn't nearly that amount um, around one turn. Even worse for turf sprints. <laughs> um, you know, you you look at. Uh, you look at some of these races, <laughs> like the uh, the West Virginia Derby, which they drew today. Um, it's uh, I, um, <laughs> I don't know what I want to say about this race, other than <laughs> it's a race. <laughs> it's um, horses in it. 
Well, it's not a very good race. And it's it's you know, it's a half a million dollar race. Um and when your 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 headliner's Bourbonic. Oh boy. Uh or Mr. Wireless. <laughs> uh, or, or my horse from the uh, from the Ohio Derby, Channel Fury for James Jackson. <laughs> Five hundred thousand, man. <laughs> if, 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 if you for that, if if you slapped uh, on a you know starter optional thirty five, <laughs> there might be a couple in there, but um. Yeah, it just goes to show you there's so much money out there for for three-year-olds around two turns, three-year-old Colts especially. Um, I mean, the Jim Dandy was uh, was actually a, a, a fantastic race, as it turns out. But again, uh, a short field. Personally, I, I thought uh, Essential Quality ran really well. Um, you know, he lost ground. I don't know whether... I, I'll leave it to others to declare the rail being really good or not on Saturday. I mean, fair. I don't know that there was, you know, a big bias. Some people were saying there was. I, I, I didn't see it. I wouldn't disagree with them, but I wouldn't certainly jump on board either. But you know, size is very confident in that horse's abilities. Obviously, they didn't want to get in, get stuck. And well, it was the race that uh, I was expecting. I had asked you before the race. Remember, I, I said, who do you think's on the lead in this race? And we kind of both thought Weyburn would have been on the lead. Yeah, that didn't work out. <laughs> no, and when he didn't get the lead, it kind of stacked things up, right? Because all of a sudden, the horse you think is going to be on the lead is now sitting three wide. Well, that's how it looked like. Like, the way that Louis rode the horse out of the gate, I think he thought Weyburn was going to go to the lead, too. You know, he was just going to sit off his flank and, and, and you know, stalk and pounce. But that didn't happen. And he ended up getting caught, you know, wide and, in, in a you know, losing ground on, on both turns. Um, but the thing that I didn't particularly like is he rode that horse for a long time. He got into him <clears throat> before the halfway point on the, on the far turn. And, you know, I, I, I just don't like that in a race, you know, that should have been technically a prep. Oh, uh, no, he, he was he was fully extended. I mean, yes, was, I, I don't like that. I, I'm, I'm not so apt to bet that horse back. Well, you're not going to bet him back anyways, because he's going to be because he's going to be. Five. Five. Yeah, but uh, I mean, <laughs> even more so that, that I, under, I, I, I understand your point, though. Yeah, it was. <clears throat> It was a, I mean, it wasn't an easy race. No, it wasn't. He certainly had to work hard. That's for sure. He owns Keep Me In Mind. I mean, just think about how many times that exact has come out in the prices. Yeah. Keep Me In Mind is kind of, despite uh, his it's consistent, sometimes, sometimes bizarre schedule, he uh, he has continued to improve. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, he's. He ran well. Um, I mean, he had every opportunity. Um, and, you know, it was interesting that, in that 
uh, the pace was was pretty solid in that race. Uh, yeah. They went, you know, a little bit slow to the quarter, but then they picked it up. Uh, the second and uh, the second quarter was twenty three and three. The the third quarter was twenty three and three. So they really picked it up down the backside. Um, and internal fractions are something that uh, I mean, Craig from from Timeform US, of course, is more in tune to pace than most of the other figures. Uh, but uh, it's something that, like you know, harness players pay a lot more attention to um, than thoroughbred players. I don't know about that, but um, I pay attention to it a lot, especially in, in shorter races, because you know the the half, the time at the half, the race is halfway over. I mean, that's why they call it the half. Um, but that that's a that's a key split, you know, um, that that makes or breaks a, a horse in any race. Um, so it, you know, turf sprints even more so. Um, it's something I pay attention to a lot. Well, when when you know when you look at the Jim Dandy, right? They went twenty three point <clears throat> excuse me twenty three point eight one, then twenty three point six zero, then twenty three point seven two, then. That's after three quarters. So then as they're turning for home, they went 25.40. Uh, and then the last eighth was really slow, 13.39. Right, they slowed it up. But, you know, that's one of the old things that, that I don't like, too, is making a middle move into a fast pace. And, you know, it, like you said, it wasn't lightning fast, but it was it was pretty decent. And, you know, <clears throat> luckily, essential quality is just, a really, really good horse that can overcome that um, barely, you know, usually horses well, that make those kind of moves wide and into a fast pace end up just kind of fizzling out and, and kind of hanging it or, or go kind of one pace in the stretch. Um, you know, that, that really says a lot about the, the superiority of, of essential quality. But again, it, it's another thing that, stacks it up against him in the next time he runs which you know um, i just can't wait to bet against him that's true he also was giving everyone four pounds true yeah in that race and if we go back a week ago to the alabama what you just said is is was true in that race and it got clarier and and it got the mile that beat was a, a, a rapid second quarter, you know, first quarter, yep. a good fast second half, you know, excuse me, can't talk all of a sudden, <laughs> but a fast half, and then a, a third quarter that was really fast that they both tried to accelerate into, and as it, you know, as such, uh, really kind of, you know, took a lot of the starch out of them. Um, but it's, it is true, and, and most American races. I say I say this, but um, you know, Lee, the last few years, for whatever reason, uh, especially in New York, there's just been this uh, this lack of aggressiveness on on the uh, on the behalf of a lot of the jockeys. But I mean, for years, we always ran faster early in races, and they would slow down. I mean, that was kind of American speed. You know, it's, California was was really notable for for that um 
go back to the spectacular bid race. I think it was this one of the Stroob races. Yeah, it was the Stroob. Yeah, and the uh, relaunch went forty-four and four to the to the half, going a mile and a quarter. <laughs> you know, that's a little extreme, but um, no, I think there's definitely something to to be to be said about that, and like everything is so analyzed and overanalyzed, and 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 there's so many. Um, speed figures and sheets and guys doing trip analysis and that there's not a whole lot out there that um, that can really be uh, you know taken data wise and, and um, you know have a unique ta- unique take on it and, and like I said we know Timeform US does a lot of you know a lot of their figures are based upon pace numbers but um, most other most other the uh, most of the other speed figures, or I shouldn't say most of them, but some of them really really don't take that into consideration. Buyer, of course, does not. Um, but uh, you know, it was it was an interesting week. Uh, I mean, the the Bowling Green was just another a, another way of making the Europeans chomp at the bit to come back over here to, <laughs> to get at us. <laughs> Understatement. Yeah, they're, uh, I mean, it's just kind of the same old horses beating each other up, you know. No, nobody's really good. They're all nice horses, but you know, no one stands out, and uh, these are all B-level well, yeah, that's what I mean. That's how you really know is they all beat each other. I mean, look at how many times cross border couldn't finish. Yeah, Saratoga is the only place he wins. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, they were just waiting, probably just waiting to get back to Saratoga, win a yeah. night. Um, Rock Emperor was second that race. I think that horse is eligible for three other than three other than. Yep. Um, True. They're just, you know, like listen, we've talked about it. 18 million times. The Euros are going to win all the turf races. That's all there is to it. And that's, you know, that's the way it goes. Hey, what about uh, Channel Maker? He was good, right? Is that, he's a Clips Award winner, isn't he? Right? You know, I would. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? Am I wrong? <laughs> I'd like to dial it back a couple months and know those people that were trying to shame me saying he was. And I kept saying, We've seen like four seasons of this horse, okay? He had good months. I'd love to own him. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about awards. Award winners are compared to other award winners. Champions are compared to champions. And he was, you know, kind of another one of the weak older turf males. Since Wise Dan, outside of bricks and mortars. We have not had a stellar year, really, for anybody. It's just, it's kind of crazy. But you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why we can't come up with a couple of turf horses that are just <clears throat> good. I mean, <laughs> you can say the good point is, hey, they don't retire them, right? They don't retire them, stud. Yeah, he's still running. They're all still running, and they're good races. I mean, listen, they're good races. They're interesting races, and I mean, I'm not going to complain about you know betting wise about races. Are... 
there's five and six to one shots that are winning all the time, but but I, I got a feeling that the Euros that are heading over for this coming weekend's races and the the next uh, all the big turf races for the next few months leading up to the Breeders' Cup, I think we're going to be seeing a lot of the Euros as long as, of course, the the COVID situation doesn't uh, throw a monkey wrench into it because the way things are going down here, you don't want to watch the news, put it that way. (laughs) Might get locked down again. But normally, you know, I would give a little bit of an advantage to the horses out in California as far as the turf goes, but they're not that good. <laughs> no, no, you're right. And California was always kind of the, uh, <clears throat> the Euros used to complain about it. that They'd want to have it in Belmont or in Kentucky because it was more conducive to their kind of ground, but you know, they're better. They're better. And, um, it's just, uh, it's just the way it is. I guess it's just a sign of the times. All right. Well, let's take a little break and uh, we'll come back and we'll talk about whatever Barry Spears wants to. All right. All right. We are back going in circles. Big Monday show. Carmelo Anthony stunt double. Barry Spears is with us. (laughs) Oh, we should uh, we should mention. Congratulations to Mr. Spears, Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. Spears on their uh, seventh wedding anniversary. Yes, sir. Thank you. Appreciate seven. it. Lucky number seven. Seven big ones. There you go. You're on your the way. Only way. The only way we both remember is it's Sabria's age minus one. And that'll always be. Yes. How is Sabria? She's all right, man. She ready for the the big trip down here? She's yeah, she she's she's chomping at the bit. She's you know, kind of wants my parents to come and wants to go to Derby Horse and school's coming up in 2 weeks. 2 weeks from today actually she starts back. So and then my son's getting out of boot camp in another 2 weeks, two and a half weeks. So Lots of lots of things going on in in August, but uh, yeah, I heard I I heard I know you did a stint in Facebook jail, so you're on my level, sir. I did I did three I days did. in Facebook jail because I told the guy he was a piece of garbage, and he is a piece <laughs> of garbage. Hey, call him like you see him. Oh, well, listen, man, you know, like the things he was saying. Like, there's just people out there, like, you just can't say these things. And I don't know what the algorithms on, on social media. Um, was it like immediate? As soon as you wrote it, it flagged you? Or, yeah. Or I you... thought that was kind of nice to call on that. I mean, some of the things the guy was saying to, to these these women on this, this thread, like, were just, like, ridiculous. I can imagine. I was offended. <laughs> And uh, I, I don't get offended, basically, right? So it just is like, man, like, like how, how, do, how does this, how can this guy say what he's saying? Right. And you're the one that goes into Facebook. <laughs> right. Because he misspells the word. He doesn't, he's not, uh, you know, intelligent enough to at least spell his, his insults properly. I mean, just crazy. But you know what? It's a lesson to be learned that 
just don't deal with crazy people. Just ignore them and move on, you know? It's tough sometimes, though. Sometimes they catch you on the right day, and you have to let them know what's up. Yeah. I feel you. You're the only human. Oh, it's just so stupid. Well, on my front, I did hear back from Twitter. And... Wait for it. They sent me another copyright violation. So they didn't actually permanently suspend me, which is, I guess that's good. But they want me to wait another 10 days. You could literally, like, uh, I mean, you you could, like, plan the assassination of of the Pope on Twitter and, and, like, nothing happens. And you've been made to be public enemy number one over copyright violations. Over a song in a 30-second video, which is, you know, it, it, it doesn't stand any weight because the videos are short. That's why they're so short. And it's just Twitter has a bad system of handling it. Like Facebook and Instagram, they'll, they'll tell you, like, hey, you can appeal this, but we're going to delete it. If you win the appeal, we'll put it back up. If not, it stays deleted. All right, happy posting. <laughs> Twitter, they they get you. Like, this last one was from 2019. 2019? August of 2019. And it wasn't, you know, when they send these things out, there's like a, a list of who's on it. So everybody on the list got a violation. And, and the thing was, had to be about 100 plus people on it it's just it's just ridiculous it's 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 crazy but what i'm gonna do is i'm just gonna make an account and this the one i have is eventually gonna get put back on right i'll just make another one get on there in the interim and then (laughs) when it comes back on it comes back on hey man if kevin durant can have a burner account you can too I was thinking about that, like really making a burner, <laughs> like like a real incognito account. But no, nah, I'll, <laughs> I'll I'll name it something like you know something identifiable where you'll know me. All right, we'll we'll make sure that everybody knows when you're back. It is it is really crazy though. It's just insane. I mean, you know, there's no way. I guess Twitter could keep doing it, but it's just it's just way more work than it's worth for them, I'm sure. And it's like, ugh, we have to deal with this in this way. But it has something to do with them not wanting to purchase some sort of like weird deal to where they would allow some of it and not others. I don't know. Facebook and, and Instagram are the same company. They did they did that. Twitter refuses to do it, and this is why they handle it that way. Trust me, I, I've read every speck of information on the subject. I know way more about it than I should. <laughs> and, and your Instagram accounts, of course, are fine. Oh, yeah. It's the same thing. Every, pretty much, you know, a lot of my accounts aren't very different, per se. Like, most of the memes and stuff that I put up goes across all three of them. But I've never been suspended on anything but Twitter. Wow. That's crazy. It's crazy, but it's, it's 
It's it's what we deal with these days, right? right? It's, it's, it's technology in 2021. So we have a big weekend at Saratoga this weekend, stakes wise. I'm the, I'm here for it, sir. Um, a couple of races on uh, three stakes on Friday. Uh, the rare, you know, three stake Friday. <laughs> the Alley Dar, which is uh, kind of the the <laughs> the Alley Dar's the 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 Curlin to the Whitney as the the Curlin is to the. Uh, um, Jim Dandy, essentially a four and up, mile and an eighth on the dirt. I think our collector is going to be in there for his <clears throat> his uh, his new trainer. Uh, yeah. Bill Mott is now. Uh, I think I'm done with that horse. Our collectors, our collector came back and uh, was kind of a dull dud. I don't even remember where he finished. He was no show. He, he was he was dull. He did not. Uh, he did not show much in his season debut, and uh, he was transferred to uh, to Mr. Ma. And they're going to give it a shot here this weekend. Uh, I don't know who else is in the race, who's going to be in the race, but at a mile and eighth, I think that he might be more viable than the seven eighths. But um, I don't know. I'm... I mean, if the price is right, I could see taking a chance, but. It probably won't be right. Exactly, you know he he's kind of popular. I mean, you know he was probably going to be second choice in the Derby, right? <laughs> he was that he was, and he had to be scratched. Yeah, so you know, and he kind of no showed it in the. Uh, it was in the Preakness, right? Yeah, in the Preakness, he he really didn't. Uh, he was not even near any. No. <laughs> No, the Whitney itself, you know, looks like a looks like a decent enough race. The problem in that race, um, and and as of now, informative for Uriah St. Louis coming off his upset at Monmouth, hmm. Happy Saver, who really to me has not been great this year, um, Maxfield, um, Swiss Skydiver, who is coming out of quarantine. Kenny McPeak had an issue. Coming out of quarantine, entering horses, the the state wouldn't let him enter horses that were coming out of quarantine before they were actually out of quarantine, which is... How is that possible? You can't do that. Maybe the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> right. He was like, okay, my horse comes out of quarantine on the... Yeah, my horse is out of quarantine on the first, and they're trying to make entries for the first, second, the third. So the horse will be out of quarantine. And they said, no, you can't. <laughs> what the hell? It's counterintuitive. It's it's bizarre because if you come over for a, a race, right? Say um, uh, the European horses, they have to go into quarantine, right? Like it, it's not like they were in quarantine because they did something wrong or they were lame or they were you know in trouble. It was they were never sick. It was another guy's horse, and enter and run it just it's just bizarre like you know i've said this well what are they trying to how many times who <laughs> regulates the regulators right well who, what are they trying to prevent i don't know they, and this, this is the other thing this you know, is the thing that gets most state race commissions is they won't talk and that's bullshit it's bullshit 
we should have things explained to us why they do things. There should be a reason, a rule, a, a statement, something. New Jersey's done the same thing. Oh yeah, they didn't think. Uh, they it's delegate. Uh, these are these are government you know, they're bound by uh, excuse me, bound by by government regulation, right? I mean, they Where does it say that uh, activities of of these these aren't vital national interests, you know. <laughs> We're talking about racehorses coming out of quarantine. Right, so so why why can't you? Oh, there's might be litigation. There there might be litigation every single day when you walk out of your house. That's true. There might be litigation, pending litigation. Come on, man, it's crazy. Like if if you're gonna say why, then or you're not gonna say why, then you probably shouldn't be doing it. No, exactly. Speaking We're not of talking about something that's like. It's only controversial because you're doing it. Like who who is harmed here? Right. I, I don't know what they're trying to prevent by saying, oh, well, you can't enter. What's the point of that? They should want him to enter. <laughs> exactly. And and it's like You're like, yeah, man. Bring them all. And I'll, I'll give Kenny credit. I mean, he's got a lawyer, Drew Malico's on it, and, and they're, you know, they're wanting answers. And it's too late to do anything about the, you know, the horses he wasn't able to enter, but it's wrong. It's wrong. It's just wrong. It's just one of these common sense things. If there's a rule on the books that states that they can't do that, say it. And if there is, change it. Change it. Right. Make the make the decision. Change it. I mean, but it's you know like a guy while he's down. I mean, you know, first he, he had to be in quarantine to begin with. Then he gets out, and then they're like, "Oh, well, you have to physically be done with the quarantine to enter your horses." That makes right. no sense. makes no sense. You know, it's like if the rule is bad, then let's change the rule. Let's fix the rule. But they won't even say if there's a rule. They're just, you know, just well, you know, you know what's what's hilarious too is that um, what they handed down to uh, Pratt for the Haskell and when they gave him the suspension <laughs> it's the week I think it's the week after Delmar closes right so they they absolutely negotiated this with him um and I put a post on Twitter that you could have seen but you know you're yes mad. I know I saw it I, oh. saw it. I can see that the, they take an out of town rider that dropped the rider and a horse in the biggest race of the year there for careless riding. And they, they work with him to figure out the best days possible for him to take his suspension. Yet a guy who rides there regularly got two days less because they're basically calling him a liar. <laughs> unbelievable. It is unbelievable. You talk about double standard. Right. I mean, it, it, but this was, you know, going back to when this all started, it's like, you know, are are we going to hardline things? Are we going to do the whole, well, it just depends on who's doing it type deal, you know? And, and you know, I don't know if that's going to trickle down into like trainer violations or overages or whatever, but it's, it's, it's just setting a bad precedent. If they're going to give the suspension, give it. You know, well, we've always had a problem with jockeys 
days. Yeah. In, in that. Well, they the, appeal- old, the old the old thing we used to be, well, you know, we're just going to appeal them and then keep right. appealing them and then keep appealing them. And then as soon as we get to December and, and the schedule lightens up, well, oh, I'll take them now. And then they I'll take, take them, them and they go off to Aruba. Right. And um, they get less days. <laughs> which, which never, you know, doesn't. I mean, to me, like, listen, from my point of view, I don't care if a jockey gets days or not. What difference does it make to me? When you're a trainer, you're an owner, and a jockey gets days, it's bad for you. That's one less guy, maybe, especially if you ride him all the time. Then, you, then you're scrambling looking for a jockey. Right? I mean, it's not conducive to me or anyone else. But, you know, in order to actually penalize someone for doing things, and what jockeys do is dangerous. But it's dangerous to other people, too. So, you know... Pratt was at fault in that right? <laughs> that that um, that case. He, he you know was careless riding. He absolutely just you know. And he listen, it's a million dollar race. He's trying to win. It happens. They all know that when they they get legged up on a horse, they know what can happen. There should be some sort of penalty. And I know people say, well, he's penalized because you know the winning purse got taken away because he got disqualified. Well, that's really not enough. <laughs> But how can you find a guy that makes a lot of money enough that it hurts when there's other jockeys in the same room that if you find them a significant amount of money, they wouldn't be able to pay it. Right. Um, it's the it's it's that kind of not a double standard, but it's just the inequity that exists in the yeah. business that makes it difficult because. Um, you know, it, it just makes it difficult to do it. And, and, and I'm sure, you know what, the, I'm sure the argument would be if the, the stewards were allowed to talk since they're not allowed to talk, which is just bullshit. Um, they would say, well, listen, at least he's going to do the days. He's agreed to do the days. He's not going to appeal, you know. So isn't that better than him just, just kicking it down the, you know, the can down the road till December and then taking it when, uh, you know, I don't know. Is no. it? Don't find them. At, I mean, don't uh, don't give them days. Find them and, and then move on because it's really not going to make a difference. Like you said, it's it's more of a hassle than it is anything else. I mean, guys well, like they're, they're like, whatever, man. You know, the what other I mean? rule is that exists is the designated stakes rule. It allows them to ride. ride. Right. It allows the jockeys to ride when they're suspended. Uh, and again, it, it, it hurts. The connections when the jockey's suspended, especially when it had nothing to do with it. Um, so, I, I mean, I've always listened. It, it's not my deal, right? I'm not a jockey, and it's it's not my fight. Well, obviously, they accepted it, um, and it, it's an imperfect way of doing things. I mean, it's it's not a, it's not a there's there's never been uh, <clears throat> anyone ever suggests something that everyone said. Wow, that's perfect. Yeah, that'll work great. Uh, but that week that he is suspended, I believe that there's seven or eight races at Kentucky Downs for four hundred thousand dollars or more. Yeah, stake races, and I think that he'll be able to, he'll be able to ride those. So, if he is able to ride those races, and one of the days Kentucky Downs there's like seven stakes. Um, it's like $2 million in purses. Well, I mean, just like we were saying before about 
um, the quarantine and, and the entries, what are you preventing? Honestly, what what is giving him days and then setting up a time frame for him to to serve the suspension? That's what are they trying to? What are they preventing? They're not preventing. They're just trying to make it slightly inconvenient, I guess. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I guess. I mean. I mean, it's like, well, is it a punishment or is it not? Or you know, it's like. I'm sure the jockeys would rather just pay the money and move on if they got it. The guys that can't do it, I don't know what they would do. But, I mean, like you said, it's 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 inequitable to, for you know, like you said, you had the two guys, one an out of towner and one that rides there regularly. It wasn't delegated in the same fashion or, or fairly. Honestly, I, I think what they should do, and this would require work, so it'll never happen, <laughs> but. I think that they should be a lot more. Um, I think there should be work like a, a, a driver's license, and I think that they should be a lot more um, uh, diligent, maybe, about setting up a system of of um, of points, like violations. Mm-hmm. And when you get to, then you pay a penalty. Yeah, it's almost like technical fouls in the NBA. You know, yeah, you get, and, and then, or you get the twenty-five thousand. All right, let's <laughs> take Paco for example, because he, he would always be in trouble, right? <laughs> so Paco gets warned for you know using his whip too aggressively or something. Okay, that's X amount of points. All right. Next next day, take he comes over on someone causes DQ. Okay, that's that's fifty points. Say the first thing is ten points. That's fifty points. When you get to a hundred points, then you get fined five thousand dollars, or started at a thousand dollars, or started at whatever you want to start at. Right, and if you continue to do these things, well, then the pe- the penalty gets higher and higher and higher. Yeah, and and it could be like you know, like in corporate America when when they do things for employees like absences. You know, they fall off after a certain period of time. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And in, in most, I mean, we just came days. up with a system here in in less than two minutes <laughs> that would probably work just fine. That's what I mean. Just just keep track of things and be be vigilant about it too. Like, don't let things slide, even if it's a small violation. Right. Send them violation. an email every week. And, let and, them know how many and, points they got. And this this way, the riders that don't ride that much. Well, they wouldn't have a chance to accumulate that many points. And if you get to a certain amount of points, um, say, say you know, you've committed 13 violations in a month. Well, then then you get days. Then you get a, a significant amount of days. You get yeah. 30 days. You get a timeout. Right. Like Paco got when he dropped uh, uh, Romero. Romero, yeah, you know. Um I just think it would work better, but it would require them to pay more attention. It would require bookkeeping. It would require, it would require them to be in contact with them. You know, I just don't think they will do it. I would do it. I would try it. I would love to try it. Why would, what would they have to lose? They I mean, don't want to work. <laughs> if they really wanted to, I mean, it's really just like a spreadsheet, you know, it's an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> Yeah, and you have to pay attention to the races. What's going on? You know, you could have a little system where you would 
notified the jockeys when they uh, had committed a violation of some sort. Um, you know, it's honestly, I do it for free. But you also have to be, you know, you have to pay attention to the races too. Of course, well. but I do it for free. You, you couldn't, because as it is now, the only time, uh, you know, outside of a the, the bug, you know, the apprentices that have to go and do films, um, unless it's a, you know, pretty bad uh, event. Uh, it's, just so we could get a system in place that works, just to, to at least give the example, like, you know what, we don't have to do this the way it's always been done. You can of course, take, you know, the other problem is this, is that, all right, Pratt would have gone there, right? He wouldn't have had any issues. He would have had an, he would have had no points going into that day because he doesn't ride there regularly. So what do you do about those guys? We'll make it a national system. Oh, my but, God, that would be. Yeah, but you're right. Way you too everybody much. To, to sign up and co-sign. And that would be impossible. But I mean, it wouldn't be that crazy if you could, you could get one person at every track to keep track of that shit. I mean, it's not like there's a billion jockeys. You know, there's, there's quite a lot. But I mean, if you think about the everybody that rides at Naira, I mean, you could keep track of that. That's not that difficult. That's not a huge task. I know people who work at Naira that could do it. Probably keep the keep keep it in their head too. Because it's not that difficult. <laughs> but I mean, like you said, it, it's effort, and and it just seems like try something new. But right. No one wants to try anything new. Anyways, going back to the Whitney, um, Maxfield. Who do you think will be favorite, Maxfield or Nixco? Maxfield, no doubt about Maxfield it. Maxfield will be the favorite over Nixco. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, the perfect trip of all perfect trips in Iowa. Um, Silver State's supposed to race in there, and by my standards, so it's a really good race. Yeah, it's a nice. Field. Um, the thing, the question I have is who who runs with Nick's go? Mm, nobody. <laughs> And that, and, and therein lies the issue. It's gonna be super tough, you know, right? I mean, he seems like he's gonna have. Um, I mean, it's almost like the Pegasus revisited, where he just absolutely had his own way. It could be that situation, right? I mean, it, it definitely could be. So, I mean, you know, I, I think. They're both going to get bet quite a bit, but I would say just you know Maxfield is the is the sexier choice because of the his running style and you know his record is is a lot better on paper, and you know the hype train is a little bit behind more behind a horse like Maxfield than Nick's go, but you know maybe the horse players will show up and Nick's go will be the favorite. I mean, if if pace has anything to do with it, Nick Sko should be the favorite. But the um, the Hall of Fame stakes is Friday too. Um, seems like a little bit of a a light field reach. Um, 
You know, that, that's three-year-olds. Uh... Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. I, I heard I heard some... I heard my friend getting in trouble. Nah, she's just playing on her Switch. Yeah, the... Um... The Hall of Fame stakes is, is a little bit underwhelming. Um, a decent race, I guess. Uh, that's the seventh on on Friday. Um, the Alley Dar is 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 kind of a uh, an interesting race, and in that there's a lot of horses that. Um, it's kind of like a redemption race, right? You got. Jesus's team in there. Hey, you that's got, my buddy. You got Bourbon War, Math Wizard, Art Collector, you know, a, a bunch of horses <laughs> that kind of uh, are, are like like went the other way, you know, like looking to, to get back on, like uh, looking to get back on track. Limonite. The Troy, which is. Actually, a a really good race. Um, it's a turf sprint, which which I, I love have, those man. I don't have much luck in them, but you you do. It's interesting that Charlie Appleby shipped one over for it. Um, you know, grade <coughs> threes usually aren't the kind of kind of you know races that get them to ship, but uh, he's got one in there. He drew outside. Uh, Louis Sayas is riding him. Lazuli. Um, Casa Creed, who won at Belmont, drew post 12. Uh, Bound for Nowhere, who was the, the horse who he beat at Belmont, drew post 11. Uh, Joe Orsino's got uh, Imprimis. Uh, he's he's in, right in the middle of post 7. Um, front Run the Fed, which is a, uh, a recent purchase. Kyle Karamori's got him now. That was a Baffert horse, I believe, or was it not? Or no, it was to Chad Brown. That was Chad, Chad Brown. Chad Brown. Yeah, yeah. he's uh, first time for new connections. Um, and Fast Boat's got that boat through to one. So that that's a pretty good race. Uh, yeah, that's going to be a really good one. It's a pretty good race for a Friday afternoon. That's for sure. Um. The Whitney is uh, is the best race on on Saturday. The uh, the Glens Falls looks like a short field. Um, it's <clears throat> I think there's only six or seven probables for that one. So which is uh, which is a little unfortunate, but you know that's 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 the way things go these days. Um, out in California, the best pal is looking like a short field shock. Um, yeah, this, oh, I skipped over a couple of Saratoga races. I'm sorry. The test, <laughs> which is, uh, which is always a good race. Looks Typical. like it's going to have a big field. Um, day out of the office, super sensational, uh, search results, uh, always Karina. Uh, Make Mischief, Zajil, Bella Sophia. Um, 
could be a, a really good race. I mean, the test is, is usually a, a really good race. <clears throat> the um, obligatory redemption. The Saratoga Derby on Saturday. <laughs> it's got uh, a bunch of Europeans are coming over. As they should, to get the money. A million dollars. Joe O'Brien, Aiden O'Brien, uh, my fifth grade social studies teacher, Mrs. Jessica Harrington, <laughs> um, Charlie Appleby, making another another showing. It seems unlikely that the Americans are going to be able to win this race. Uh, Ken McPeak's using King Fury, putting King Fury in there, kind of using it, uh, I suppose, as maybe a Travers prep. I don't know. I, I think they just don't know other where to put that horse other than when it rains. They don't know what to do with him. See, flashiest shows up. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but I mean, looking at that field, how can you not like the Euros? <laughs> no, that, that could be a Euro super factor. Weep that. Uh, the Saratoga Oaks, which is Sunday, doesn't quite have the, the numbers, but um, there are a couple of Euros. Mr. Appleby's back, Creative Flair. Uh, Lima is going to take a shot again. But. Um, <clears throat> But they're coming uh, over, and it's, it's going it, you know, to happen all the time now. I mean, one just... thing in Con Lima's favor is the course. Yeah. If that race, her last race was run on, you know, at Saratoga, she would have won. And that's despite having a monster running behind her and running her down. True. But, um, yeah, I mean, Oyster Box is another one that, that's kind of a puzzle. Kind of want to like that horse, but can never get it done. Yeah. And then, you know, Chad Brown horses just can't win right now. They're second and third, mostly. Yeah. Of uh, games mission with our buddy. The, tra- the trainer standings are, are are not kind of what you expected at this. No, this I would never have thought Mike Maker would be atop the standings halfway through the meet. Not only atop, he's a, he's about five he's, or six wins ahead. Right, he's ahead. <laughs> with this never-ending supply of of turf horses. State breads, claimers, never went twos. Everything but maiden. He doesn't have a lot of wins in a lot of maiden races, at least in, in this. He, he's been Saratoga, but he, he won a couple, hasn't he? Yeah. That, that's really shows how, how well they're doing. But uh, it should be a, a nice weekend. Hopefully the rain stays away. That's the key, man. Because... Some of these races would be really, really good races. And 
if they're off the turf, they'll be really, really bad races. Right, yeah, four horses running. Right. And then, you know, they've had enough rain now. Enough's, enough's enough, right? Enough on rain. Stop that. Uh, seeing 30% chance for rain Saturday. Oh, that's all right. We can survive. That's not bad. It's been well, a season that... cool in Saratoga. What's cool? Uh, tomorrow, the high is 75 and the low is 48. Dude. Yeah. No, Forward. we don't. Forward. Can't do that. See? Wednesday, Wednesday, the high is 77, the, the low of 50. I knew there was a reason why I haven't been up there since 2009, and that's it. The lows. 48, bro? I'm looking, at, I'm looking at this right here as of right now on Monday night. Saratoga, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. The lows, 48, 54, 55, 57, 63, 63, 61, 66, 66. Well, you can see 60. High, the, the high it is there is how, how it is at night here. The high during the day is what it's like here at night. <laughs> uh, currently in South Florida at uh, 1030, it's 1025. It is the real feel is ninety three. <laughs> yeah, we got it at ninety, but it yeah. says it's eighty. Yes, ten twenty five. And they will not be working on the turf tomorrow, Palmettos, as there is a one hundred percent chance of rain as of eleven o'clock. What's up with the uh, the polysynthetic Capit Tapita Pro Ride? Supposedly the. <laughs> The unveiling will be soon. But really? Soon? It's that close? Supposedly. I always try to look on TV to try to see. You can't they, really see much. They don't you can't really see much when you're there. So I really. Are they going to put the, the screen back up or what, man? Uh, I don't know what the plan for the screen is, but the screen is gone. Yeah. It's a little weak sauce. The screen, the screen had some big issues. <laughs> <laughs> Supposedly it was. <laughs> It was supposed to be for indoors. <laughs> oh my god! <sighs> That's just a rumor, but I don't know. But you know, it does look weird. I can't watch the race. Can't see. Our friend Mike Riccio is is still in the hospital. He's um, there's there was a couple huge fundraisers. People have really uh. I hope he understands. I hope he's able to recover enough to, you know, live his life and, and be okay. Yeah, you got to pull through, Mike. Come on, man. You know, the magnitude of, of the of, of the number, the, just the, the, you know, the outpouring of support is just, uh, just kind of shows you what kind of guy he is and, and you know, what people think of him. And horse racing is a, uh, it's a brutal business, <laughs> horse racing, breeding sales. It's it's a tough business. It really is. And there's a lot of competition. But when it comes down to it, in the end, uh, you know, the good guys, people can identify. And, and Mike's one of the good guys. And he's made some progress. He's still got a long ways to That's go. Good. But, uh, I mean, it, it, it looked bad last, uh, you know, oh, last Sunday. It, it didn't, you know, look like he was going to make it to Monday. So, 
the fact that he's still here, he's, he's uh, still kicking. A bunch of people put up all kinds of things. They had a silent auction uh, last night down in Lexington. They raised uh, almost $100,000. Oh, wow. Meet it's raised. Um, uh, it was last I saw was like 150,000. So, so, um, phenomenal, you know, it, it's, it's a shame that we can't just take the money and, and, uh, and pay for him to be okay. You know, if it were only that simple, huh? Yeah. Hey, listen, man, uh, you know, you take for granted health and you're, um, I've been fortunate in my life to make it as far as I've made it. And I really never had anything wrong with me. I mean, I never get sick. Um, I never, you know, I've been in car accidents and then walked away unscathed. Uh, you know, I, I just, I've been lucky. I've been fortunate. And just this past week with, with the stupid gout, right? I mean, you understand your vulnerability and, when you can't get around and that, that, that's how I, I was where I, you know, trust me, I get it. Cause last yeah. year in, in April, the doctor, when I was leaving, the doctor said, you know, if, if for whatever reason you got turned away and they didn't see you the third time that you came to the hospital, you wouldn't make it, you would have made it, you know, I would, I would have died on my couch literally. So, you know, I, I was that close and, and I didn't even, it really didn't hit me until a little bit after that, when I was at home recovering, because I, after I got out of the hospital, I, I was pretty much laid up for the next month and then, you know, kind of worked my way. But, you know, it, it was, you know, a lot of, a lot of soul searching and, and things that I never thought about um, kind of came through my head. And definitely I understand what you're saying. I mean, it's just fortunate. I was never sick either. I, I mean, you know, I played sports for 50% of my life, if not more. Um, never really was injured. Um, you know, I pulled my rotator cuff a couple of times and stuff like that. But that was after I stopped playing, you know, just moving furniture and stuff like that. But it, it was something I wasn't prepared for. I can tell you that. And I know my wife wasn't. <laughs> but, you know, just have to thank my lucky stars that, I, I was able to, to pull through and, you know, I just couldn't bear to think what my family went through, let alone, you know, I'll survive, you know, you know, or I felt like I was going to survive, but um, it would have hurt me for them, you know, so just stuff you think about when you're put in certain situations. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really true I, I remember when you know when you were you know, talking to you and you were in the hospital and they didn't really even know what was wrong with you they still don't know yeah so it's like that's the scary thing like right that's the scariest part it's like well what the hell was it i don't know right well yeah we're gonna do this we're gonna do that we're gonna do this but we're, we're really not sure you know kind of like exploratory experimental stuff <laughs> you know? so, you know, people who know me, I mean, what I, I, I would tell them, uh, you know, said, how, how bad is the gout? I said, I went to the doctor. Like, you went to the doctor? I was like, yeah. Like, oh, my God, it must be terrible. It's like, 
I can't. Yeah, walk. it was. It is. <laughs> I can't. I like. I can't walk. And uh, last, uh, just you know, Friday night, um, I couldn't. I couldn't sleep. I mean, it was just throbbing in pain. Just and and nothing. Um, nothing you take does that does anything to it. I mean, you can't take any. Um, no, you just gotta wait it no. out. It, it just has yeah. to. So I mean, I went. They gave us. The, you know, they gave me the stuff that they give you at the doctor. <laughs> but like you know, you could take uh, fifty ibuprofens. It's not, it's not gonna do anything. It doesn't. It does nothing. Well, it might rip your stomach up, but it doesn't really help. And like you just take for granted. I think like I've been a person that has been very fortunate. And I mean, I've been underneath horses. I've, I've get missed. Uh, I've been you know, missed by, by inches. I've heard horses, <clears throat> like uh, you know, whiz by my ear. Where I, I Oof, you know, like that's rough. More than once, I had a we had when I was working for, for Alan Jerkins. We had a horse named Rage, and he was properly oh, named for that horse. Yep. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think we ran against Unbridled Song first time out, and. He wore blinkers, and the chief liked to bring them up without the blinkers. Yeah, he liked to put the blinkers on in the pack. So I remember we saddled him and went to put the blinkers on him, and he was just like, he was a very disagreeable horse to start with. And when you kind of like, you know, he was all riled up because he was in the paddock, and which made things worse. And I just couldn't get him on. So I had him, the groom faced the horse to the back of the, pa- of the, of the stall, you know, underneath the red and white tent. And I kind of like put my arm over his neck and tried to like, you know, put him in a headlock of sorts, right. To, to try to, uh, you know, get the blinkers over his ears. Cause once you get over his ears, you can, you'll, you'll get, you'll, you're done. I mean, that, that's really the, the whole trick is, to get the blinkers over the horse's ears. Once they're they're on there, then you can figure it out from there. Um, so I have my arm over his his neck, and I have his snout in my you know in, in my left hand. <laughs> and he he picks me up right <laughs> off the ground, <laughs> and he like slams me into the wall like four times, like <laughs> like a like a like a like Andre the Giant in a horse <laughs> form, right? He's like, oof, oof, and Jerkins is yelling, oh my god. And I'm like, all right, I'm getting these, this, I'm putting these blinkers on. It's the last thing I ever do. And I, oh. and I, I got it on the second year, right? And I'm like, hold on. The groom was like, you know, had the wide eyed look like he thought I was about to be, you know, dropped dead right there. But uh, I can tell you one thing my ribs and back hurt for a while after that. Oh but, man, but, sure. but we got it on. We got it on, man. I, I'll tell you another thing: the guys in the gate crew don't get nearly as much credit as they do. I know people bitch at them all the time, <laughs> especially on social media. But, but uh, that's a job I, I never did on the racetrack, and I never had any desire to do. Was was go in, in the gate, and uh, there is not much room inside there. Not much room at all, especially for people our size. But there's just, uh, it's a tough job, man. It is a tough job. Horses are strong. <laughs> it's an understatement, bro. <laughs> they are strong. And when they're riled up and they're ready to go, you know, 
And that's, that's kind of what we do. I mean, we get them, we want them to peak on race day, right? So, you know, we're trying to get them feeling as good and, and as aggressive as, as we can get them. And it's a, it's a tough job. It's, it's, uh, it's one of those jobs that looks, I guess it kind of looks hard, but it, it, it's really way harder than it looks. <laughs> yeah. Those, and, and the truth of the matter is those guys, they really earn their money in the mornings because when you see them in the afternoons, even the ones that are rogues and act bad, remember one thing, they've been approved to run. So think about the ones that aren't approved <laughs> And haven't gotten, you know, haven't got to okay because they're uh, not getting it or, or they're just not wanting to go in or bad actors. Uh, I remember there was a horse a few years back at Palmetto's in the winter. It was a, a horse at Kieran McLaughlin's. It was by Tappet. And he was, he, he had developed like some horrible reputation at the gate. And he hadn't even run. He had not even run. Um, oh, and he actually, he wasn't that close to running because. He was an absolute terror in the gate. He, the <laughs> thing would shake like an earthquake when he was in there. He'd be like, I mean, just like losing it. And, you know, he was one of those horses who had probably impeccable breeding. And, you know, you're, you're, you're really, it, it's, that's the one tough thing about when um, you have those type of horses. Like gelding is generally not an option. So you just have to deal with their their uh, insanity and their aggressiveness and I don't recall his name but uh, I don't think he ever really turned out to be very good either some horses are just too too wound up too yeah. high strung and yeah. they just never settle enough to even you know become a, you know a viable good race horse and they're, they're too they're too uh, apt to do something wrong or you know get hurt mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, I think uh, was it Saturday was the PD, the, the Permanently Disabled Jockeys Day across America. And I guess they did pretty good. It's a uh, it's it's a fundraiser, or I shouldn't say a fundraiser, a charity that really needs to be supported. And I mean, those guys are. Um, you know, it's done a lot of good over the years, but, um, you know, there's the poor guys that wind up in that program, unfortunately, uh, don't have a whole lot of other options. And yeah, it's a really, I mean, there's a lot of worthwhile organizations to donate time and money to, but, uh, but they are, are one of the ones that, uh, that really do a good job and it's a well, well-managed group and, they, uh, you know, they deserve if if anybody has extra, makes a score, does good. You know, you can never go wrong. PDJF, that's for sure. Well, Mister Spears, Mister Simon, gotta go and see what other screw ups the Knicks have done tonight. Yeah. Uh. I don't know what they're doing. 
They don't know what they're doing. Oh, uh, Dwight Howard's going back to the Lakers. <laughs> Again. Talk about a guy that just does nothing. He's just he kind of thick. And you know what the scary thing is? He's going to the Hall of Fame. Probably. Based upon this. He, he's, it's so strange. And he's, he's essentially had two careers. He had yeah, the, like, one good one when he was here in Orlando. Yeah, the career when he was like a dominant post player and then the career where he's like strictly a backup that goes to a different team every year. It's crazy. I mean, I, I don't know what the Knicks are doing. I just don't get it. Like, they, they, they brought guys back and paid them double and triple and given old guys three-year contracts. and oh. You can't run that team back. And add Evan Fourier and think that like yeah. that's going <laughs> to be a big deal. Oh no! And the, the the Fourier signing was the best one of all. Yeah, I mean he's, he's worth, okay, he's, but he's not. He's, he's not worth he's worth what they signed him for, and he's an upgrade over Reggie Bullock. He's a better player. He's, he's yeah, he's fine. But like that can't be your signature move, right? I mean, he's like, not your guy. Yeah, this this is the this is what we we had we we spent all the time and effort and energy trying to. Um, you know, open up cap space to sign Nerlens Noel to a three-year contract. <laughs> Just hearing that out loud makes me laugh. They gave three-year deal to Brett to, to Derek Rose, forty-three million. I don't know how. Derek Rose the... in basketball years is eighty years old. I know. That's what I mean. It's like these are the guys you want on year-to-year contracts, and I yeah, maybe there's going to be competition. Maybe he's gonna, someone's going to sign him, but. That's uh, Tibbs' guy, though. You, you can't replace these guys. Like you, you really t- t- trying to tell me that, like you, you couldn't replace those guys at those prices, right? Well, less, less. I mean, Burke's played great last. that much. Uh, Alex Burke on a one-year, ten million dollar deal, great, done, no problem. Second, uh, second year option, okay. Three years guaranteed. Ugh, that's rough. <sighs> D. Rose is Tibbs' guy, though, man. Tibbs is the problem. They should yes. I want to fire him. I want to fire him. I want to be on record as wanting to fire him. This whole this whole offseason has his fingertips all over it. Yep, it definitely does. They're not good enough, but he's too stubborn to realize it or admit it. That, that's probably he, he realized he's a smart guy he, he knows but he's just stubborn I mean let's face it they should have been swept by Atlanta yeah Atlanta's a good team but Atlanta's not like spectacular right they're the fourth fifth best team in the in the, in the conference and and they was there was a clear difference in talent and sign Signing the same guys again, that, that's not improving. And especially right. 30, 32, and 34-year-old guys, they're not getting better. They're going to get worse. Right. If, if he had a bunch of, you know, 22-year-olds or something, and they were coming back, yeah, I could see that. But Yeah. The guys didn't get better. They had veterans on that team that played a lot. That's his motive. But he, it's, it's, uh, I didn't know what they were going to do. I'll be honest. I, I went into the offseason saying, they 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 made a lot of smart moves, right? But they're all kind of like middle moves. It, it's it's like you want to put it in a horse racing analogy. It's 
the biggest mistake that people make with horses, owning horses, is they overvalue their horses. They think they're better than they are. And they run them over their heads. That's the, that is the one thing that happens across the board in horse racing. A significant portion of the horses are raced higher than they should be raced because people have overvalued them. That's what's happening here. And he's overvaluing this team. They were a good team last year, but they're not a factor to make the next step as currently constructed. And the player no, that they added is a nice it, piece, but he's a marginal piece. Right. He's it, not it, going to bring you, you know, he's not going to add five wins to your record. He's not going to be the guy that's going to, you know, guide you through the playoffs. He, he's just not. He, he's a, he's a, a, a role player. And paying more, yeah. paying double and triple for the same guys you had. I mean, but and, it seems like you know New York is a, is kind of an attractive place to play. I mean, they can't get a superstar. Like, literally, who's the last guy they had? Carmelo. Oh, there's no one available. I mean, that's the problem. Mello was the last guy they had that was kind of like but that. There's no superstars available. There just aren't, uh, and that's fine. I mean, that's the thing is you need to put yourself in no, a position. But you got to get as close as you can to, to uh, get and, the guy. Forty in it, but. I mean, for you, I have no problem with him. He's, He's good. I, I I have no problem with the signing. The other, the problem I have is with the other guys. Right, D Rose. You, you know what they are. You know, uh, Bullock signed a three-year, thirty million dollar deal, same as Burks. I mean, so basically, they they picked their poison with Bullock. You know, you, you could have Bullock or Burks, and they they chose one or the other. I just, it just seems. And and it, listen, if they were in a situation where they didn't have a ton of cap space, and they had to make signings, and you know, say, well, you know, you do the best you can, but you're hamstrung. But they had the most of anybody in any team in coming into the year, right? And Evan Fournier is who you come up with, and we just came up with, and we came up with our same guys. I mean, I that's it. It just seems like there's a. Uh, it just seems like there's a, I mean, thirty-two million for Noel just doesn't make any sense. What has he done <laughs> other than be? He's a backup center. Yeah, thirty million, Jesus man. You don't even have to try to get that kind of money in the NBA anymore. I don't know. It seems. Uh... It just seems disheartening. Well, yeah, because you've seen it over and over again. It's like, well, when are you going to learn? Like, D Rose, really? Three years? Three years at this point, right? Right. You know, <laughs> when he could just basically get in his feelings and go away for two months on a whim. I mean, honestly, they should kind of compare themselves a little bit to Brooklyn. You're like, well, can we, with this team, beat a team like Brooklyn or compete? I say no. No. No, no, no. That's, not and and you even go down the line. 
You said Atlanta. Can no. they compete with Atlanta? No. Dude, Atlanta was a better team. Right. And it showed. It, Sixers it, were a better team. The Heat are adding guys all over the place. They're going to be a better team. I mean, that's the thing is, is that, yeah, quickly should be a little better. R.J. Barrett will continue to improve. Uh, you know, Toppin should get better. But, you know, are you going to get huge jumps from those guys? Right. Are they going to be all-stars? No. 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 They're going to be uh, okay. it's un- Put it this way. It's very unlikely. Right. It's not I impossible, mean, but it's... R- Randall comes off career year. And they had great health last year. That's the other thing. They, they were a very healthy team. They didn't miss much. Um, and, and, I mean, I just look at it and I'm like, all right, we had, the team had a huge void at point guard. <laughs> Alfred, they, Alfred Payton, come on, man. They they had a huge problem with point guard. And, and how have they – they had the most money in the NBA to to deal with that problem, and they did not. They did not. They did not sign a point guard. So the problem at point guard still exists. You know, Rose can't play point guard, starting point guard minutes the whole year. He's not going to make it. No, his knee will. He's a 28, 26 minute a, a game player. The games are 48 minutes. So it's, it's, uh, you know, it, it's just a little bit surprising. I, I really. They handle the draft really well, but the you know they they and they don't talk. They're they're like the New Jersey Racing Commission. They don't talk, right? You know, Leon Rose like doesn't say anything. He doesn't right. have press conference. Thought or if they went after somebody and didn't get him, or you have no idea. It's just like radio silence. And it wasn't. Hey, listen, the, the the point guard options. I um, mean, Conley was going to resign. He was always going to resign. Chris yeah. Paul was yeah. always going to resign. Kyle Lowry wasn't coming here. Um, so, like, the point guard options, like, star level, were probably not available. But, I mean, a guy like Reggie Jackson or, or Schroeder, are they great? No, they're not great. They're, and what they but, got. But they're starting level point guards in this That's league. Right. Yep. So, I, I yeah, I, I'd rather have one of those guys than Nerland's freaking Noel. I mean, Nerlens Noel is literally a, a, a black hole on offense. He, 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 you're going to get zero out of him. Right. They could sign Noah again <laughs> and put him there. <laughs> Noah will play with. Noah will play for five dollars right now. Oh, uh, it's it's just uh, I just don't know that you need to spend the money they spent. And it wasn't like, and I get the, the today's NBA ten million dollars a year is not a lot, but but it it uh, does take up space, you know. I said they can they can sign. I I didn't mean Joe Kim Noah. I meant Noah Vonley. Sorry, I call him Noah. Well, that's his name. <laughs> yeah, his name. but people don't. They, they would think I meant Joe Kim Noah. No, yeah. f that guy. Um, <laughs> it is a little weird that the 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 Knicks center is often referred to Noah as Noah. They've had a lot of Noahs. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that's true. I mean, listen, I drafted a, a point guard. As a rookie, I don't know if he's going to be able to be ready to start. They signed a European guy. I don't know if he's really good. You know, I just think I mean, they, they take some really big chances on things like that. <laughs> a lot more than they should. 
I'm just, you just look at the point guard and it well, looks, I mean, he, excuse me, you look at, you look at their depth chart as of right now, assuming they make no other moves and they're, they're, they're a pretty good team. They're okay. a pretty good team. They're all right. But th- th- that's all they are. Right. But they were and, like that last year. They were okay. They were exactly. Okay. I mean, if, if Mitchell Robinson plays, doesn't get hurt. Uh, if Randall can repeat his performance, if Fournier can come in and, and play, you know, his, his normal stay healthy. Stay healthy, right? If RJ Barrett continues to get a little better, you got Rose starting at point guard. If, if the rookie, if the if the rookies can do anything, if quickly can get a little bit better, I don't know. I just uh, it's it's still in limbo and it, and it's a little uncertain. I just look at the the thing they signed four guys and 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 three of them should be backups. Two of them are backups, and. Uh, Yeah, so so we'll see. We will see. Hmm. Anyways, stay. Uh, you should have like a, a, a contest. The name the name the account contest. Name the new Twitter account contest. Put it out there. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out there, and we're gonna we're gonna get new names, potential <laughs> names. Down with that. Yeah, you got to get a name. Twitter's, they're not, they're, they're going the wrong direction on this case. All right, you got to write the ship. I'll, I'll be on there. Right, see, see, gonna, put gonna, the feeler gonna, out there on the name. We're going to put that out. Name Barry's account. <laughs> this ought to be fun. It <laughs> <laughs> should be interesting. <laughs> All right, well, thanks as always. And, uh, Stay, stay cool. Stay you in your do, room. man. Stay off your feet. You got it, man. We'll talk to you later. Thanks right. for listening. Bye. Pleasant Acre Farms, located just outside Ocala, Florida, is a full-service commercial breeding operation that has one of the top stallion rosters in the Sunshine State. Standing 10 horses, including sons of top sires such as Curlin, Harlan's Holiday, Unbridled Song, Scat Daddy, Canthros, and Twirling Candy, you'll be sure to find a great match for your mare at Pleasant Acres. Owned and operated by consummate professionals, Joe and Helen Barbazon, they provide clients with world-class services in all facets of the thoroughbred industry. Their commitment to quality is what allows Pleasant Acre Farms to pursue their passion for breeding champions. Check out their website at pleasantacrestallions.com or call 352-528-2885. Pleasant Acre Farms. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to the Going in Circles Big Monday show. I wanted to let you know that we have a weekly newsletter that you can subscribe to for free, the Going in Circles Digest. It's a, kind of a combination newsletter, stakes preview. Um, we have some uh, restaurant reviews on there, various topics, but uh, we also have a couple um, pieces about various uh, industry topics or racing history. This last week we did a piece on the great Arazi and his spectacular move in the 1991 Breeders' Cup Juvenile, which unfortunately was the the pinnacle of his career. But um, it's a free subscription. Go to 
going in circles digest dot substack dot com and check it out all right the going in circles digest thanks for listening